Hello, everyone. This is Elizabeth Chapin and Lee Jackson, and we are doing, we are continuing with the Naranjo book study, Enneotype Structures on Chapter 8, Type 8. Title of the chapter is Coming on Strong. Yes. And lust is the passion of the eight, and Naranjo describes lust on page, page well, whatever the... 127. Thanks. Um, as a passion for excess, a passion that seeks intensity, mm -hmm. not only through sex, but in all manner of stimulation, activity, anxiety. I think that's so interesting. Anxiety and spices. I like oh, that he uses those two words. Anxiety, spices, high speed, the pleasure of loud music, and so on. So a passion that seeks intensity, not only through sex, but in all manner of stimulation. That's one of my, um, like, what could we name the chapter other than coming on strong? Intensity seeker in all manner of stimulation. Yeah. That's one of them that I wrote. Yeah, I like That's that. That's a good descriptor. Yes. And I, th I think we don't often think of the eight as in all manner of stimulation. Yes. We kind of think of power and doing, um, but that he right away throws in anxiety and spices. Um, yeah, I really, I, like. I really loved it how he a lot. talks about anxiety as something that they use as a tool for feeling strong feelings. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, what feels like a feeling. Um, and so it, he talks about, um, as being, as being on like next to the nine or next to, as he puts mm -hmm. it, the, uh, the vertex of the inner triangle, i.e. the nine point, right. um, which indicates the eight's kinship to indolence. Uh -huh. um, and I think indolent is an, an, an interesting word for a nine. Um, I felt it. I underlined it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, mm -hmm. it's a good word. Um, so, and then, and then to like put indolence into an eight's quality, the indolent aspect of the lusty, the eight, may be understood not only as a feeling of not alive enough except through overstimulation, mm -hmm. wow, mm -hmm. but also in a concomitant avoidance of inwardness. So, Which is what the nine is also doing, right? just in a different way. Right. So there's this eight and nine have this avoidance of inwardness, mm -hmm. and nines do it through understimulation and eights do it through overstimulation. Yep. Both of which are ways of avoiding uh, just being. Yeah. Or just being with themselves or just just reality. Life. Just reality, reality as like it is. Yeah. That very next sentence where he says, we may say that the greed for ever more aliveness of the eight, characteristic of the lusty personality is but an attempt to compensate for a hidden lack of aliveness. Yes. Which we talk about, I think, often using the word vulnerability or connection. Um, but I, it's the same. It's the same thing, just different ways that we're going about it. Mm -hmm. I yeah. yeah, I think it's super interesting because I think most people would say eights are so alive, right? And and one would never dream that an eights drive stimulation is a way of 
covering this avoidance of inwardness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's we, fascinating. Even though we know that, even though even though we know, I think especially aggressive numbers are moved mm-hmm. forward is that yes, they're nervous right. to stay still. That's right. That's right. Um, but I guess. I, I guess like the some... I like using the word aliveness though because that's mm. not generally a word that we would use for a lack in them, right? You know? Because they seem so alive. Mm, they take up the space. I mean, I do think sevens and eights mm-hmm. are good at making themselves seem very alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, so much. I love four and eight here. I love the second paragraph on page one twenty-eight. Opposite to envy on the Enneagram. So opposite to four, lust, eight, may be said to constitute the upper pole of sadomasochistic axis. The two personalities, eight and four, are in some way opposite, though also similar in Mm -hmm. some regards, such as the thirst for intensity, which I think is very clear. Um, Then he goes on to kind of talk about masochism and sadism, kind of, Four is the masochistic character, and eight is the sadistic character. Um, The eight, and the way he describes that dynamic is the eight reaches out without guilt towards the satisfaction of their need. So no guilt reaching towards their need. The four yearns and feels guilty about its neediness. Um, So this is their relationship to their desire for intensity mm-hmm. and how one is just guilt-free and goes after it. Of course, they're they're doing dominant. Yeah. And the four just, you know, feels weird about it. And like in the next paragraph, when I hear you talk about, to me, he describes pretty clearly when I, like kind of your attractive, kind of your attraction to eight mm-hmm, like just as the envy centered character so the type four character is the most sensitive on the enneagram the enneagram type eight is the most insensitive which is always interesting mm-hmm. um, but we may envision the passion for intensity of the enneagram type eight as an attempt to seek through action the intensity that the enneagram type four achieves through emotional sensitivity mm-hmm. which here is not only veiled over by the basic indolence of that this enneotype shares with the upper triad, so with the nine and the one, but also by a desensitization in service of the counter-dependent self-sufficiency. I don't know about all of that, but mm-hmm. I think that's a great description of um, kind of the draw, like you're, you all kind of are drawn to one another, are very comfortable around one another, eights and nines generally, because of that intensity. So we're both seeking intensity, eights through action and Mm -hmm. fours through inwardness. Mm -hmm. It's very, very cool. Overly sensitized for desensitized eight. Yeah. But still. Yeah. um, Yeah. (laughs) And then the next paragraph kind of compares sevens and eights. Um, the, The lust in an eight is related to that of the gluttony in a seven. In that both are characterized by impulsiveness and hedonism. Mm-hmm. So sevens and eights are impulsive and hedonistic. One, uh, eight, lust. Seven, gluttony. In the case of gluttony, seven, however, impulsiveness and hedonism exist in the context of a weak, 
soft and tender-minded character, um, while in lust, the context is that of a strong and tough-minded character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an important distinction. I think most sevens who are listening to this would not want to be characterized as weak, soft, and tender-minded. But I and I, I think there's some. I'm, I'm trying to think of other words for that seven. It's like the obviously they're still in the head triad, so they're but both they're in their mind. There's a sensitivity to them. There's a sensitivity to them, and there's a kind of a a looseness about how they how they think. Mm-hmm. There's a real fluidity and a, kind of all over the place, and a real kind of not chaotic, but just, you know, a very fluid and dynamic mm-hmm. thought structure. Whereas the eights, I think, have this kind of uh, much more like an arrow going towards a st- its target. It's just a very a much more clean, efficient yeah. way of thinking, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, tough-minded, I think, is good for yeah. an eight to, yeah. to talk about their way I they like think. That too. Um. Uh, okay. Trait, trait structure. structure. Mm-hmm. Um, lust, which is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So just as anger, like a one, may be regarded as the most hidden of passions, lust is probably the most visible. Yeah. I thought that was good. And then he t- goes on to talk about how eights are kind of defensive around having this very visible trait of lust um and the very passionate Mm. the very passionateness with which an aide embraces this outlook betrays a defensiveness as if he needed to prove to himself and the rest of the world that what everybody calls bad is not such so there's a real a real um they're going after defending their right to be this lusty type big yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Which rings really true. Very true, yes. Yeah. Um, it's a good descriptor. It is a dis- it is good defensive. It's not something you think of when you Mm-mm. think of eights. But, um, it also makes me think about how hard it is to win an argument with them. Impossible. Yeah. Impossible. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, I like his little string of words here. Yeah, you want to read them? Traits that convey lust. He gives the words and intensity, gusto, contactfulness. That's an interesting word to choose. Love that. Love of eating mm-hmm. <laughs> and so on. Um, so those are good. Intensity, I like gusto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then other, like down down mm-hmm. the, the page. Hedonism, mm-hmm. the propensity to boredom with not sufficiently stimula- stimulated, the craving for excitement, impatience, and impulsiveness are in the domain of lust proper. <laughs> yes. I love, I think impatient is mm-hmm. important. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we must consider that lust is more than hedonism. There is in lust not only pleasure, this is interesting, but pleasure in asserting the satisfaction of impulses, pleasure in the forbidden, and particularly pleasure in fighting for pleasure. Um, in addition to pleasure proper, there is here an admixture, Naranjo's words, of some pain that has been transformed into pleasure, 
either the pain of others who are preyed upon for one satisfaction or the pain entailed by the effort to conquer the obstacles in the way to satisfaction. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Um, it is this that makes lust a passion for intensity and not for pleasure alone. So that's a that's difference between seven and an eight there right. too, I think. Right. The extra intensity, the extra expo- excitement, the spice comes not from instinctual satisfaction, but from a struggle and an implicit triumph. So there's this real pleasure that has been fought for. And I think it's like fighting for the pleasure is another way of kind of defending the lust, you uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. And meanwhile, like sevens don't need to defend their their glutton. They're just, you know, they're just doing it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and they've made sense of it in their head. Mm-hmm. Even if the rest of us haven't come along for the ride. Um, I really, I really like this description, that, that second paragraph under lust. I mean, I think fighting for pleasure. And when he, he talked earlier about aliveness, it's like they decide that the fight is the alive. Like the, yes. the triumph, the... <sighs> Um, intensity, all of those, that whole kind of description, it gets, that's where they get mixed up. Yeah. They get mixed up and think that's what it is. That's, that's yeah. what lust is, you know? And I, I think the way he calls it extra, extra, like extra, extra, all the things. Extra intensity. Extra so like, let's not just be intense. Let's fight for our intensity. Yeah. <laughs> So that we can have extra intensity. Because that's what life means for them, right? Because they've decided less, that's their way, that's their obscuration, right? Of of hiding their inner, their inner what? Their inner, their avoidance of inwardness. Inwardness, yeah. Woo! Yes. Um, Okay. And then punitiveness is the next trait structure. Which we don't talk about much with eights. Or at no. least how we've learned it. We certainly have not talked about this much. Um, another trait, another bunch, a, like bunch of words he yeah. uses: um, bluntness, sarcasm, irony, and those of being intimidated, intimidating, mm-hmm. sorry, humiliating, and frustrating. Of all characters, this is the most angry and the least intimidated by anger. Really good. Yeah. Yep. Very important because sevens are very intimidated by anger. They don't want it. Yeah, they, it makes them uncomfortable. To move into a space where they don't, where they're free of that. Exactly. Right, where they're free of any constriction. Mm-hmm. And I would think anger would feel very constricting to yes. their yes. freedom. So that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he goes on to talk about lusty revenge. Um, uh, so it's, it is the angry and punitive characteristic of type eight that Ichazo addresses in his calling the fixation of the lusty revenge. Yeah. The word, however, has the drawback of being associated with the most overtly vindictive of the characters. Dun, da, 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 dun, da, 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 the Enneagram type four, whose hatefulness sometimes manifests itself in explicit vendettas. In this overt sense, Enneotype 8 is not strikingly vindictive like the 4. On the contrary, the character 8 retaliates angrily at the moment and gets quickly over his irritation. Um, uh, I'm going to read this whole paragraph because I I like it. The revenge 
the revenge which is most present in type 8 is, aside from getting even in the immediate response, a long-term one in which the individual takes justice in his own hands in response to the pain, humiliation, and impotence from his felt in early childhood. It is as if he wanted to turn the tables on the world and after having suffered from frustration or humiliation for the pleasure of others, has determined that it is now his turn to have pleasure, even if it involves the pain of others, or especially then, for in this too may lie revenge. And that's intense. Yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of summed up on the side that like, a four has vindictive vendettas versus an eight has kind of two ways of dealing with revenge. One is the quick re- retaliation and then they move on. The mm-hmm. And two is a long-term fight for justice. And so I think that's kind of a good synopsis of what I just read. Yeah. Because it's I, I love so it, but it's also kind of confusing. Um, but I also think that whole part about having suffered frustration and humiliation in childhood and felt feeling impotent in childhood Mm -hmm. yeah and I think you know we we were taught and are taught I think a lot of people who talk about AIDS talk about them not being the bully but knowing where the bully is that they're really cued in on that as littles Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um but Mm, but but (laughs) You know, it's in them, you know? I mean, I think that's a really fine line. Like, how do you say where that stops and starts? And how, if you're, like, avoiding inwardness through this intense forward action where you're coming at this place where where you may may be getting revenge for... Something. for, For things. Like, how does he put it? Determine that it's now his turn to have pleasure even if it involves the pain of others. So how do you, how do you, I I really think that probably they're not aware Mm-mm. all the time that it involves Mm-mm. the pain of others. Um, and so I'm, I think they're not aware that they're coming across as a bully. I think it's easy to say you're not a bully right. and that you're taking care of all the people being bullied. And you probably are taking care of all the people being bullied, but it's, I think, a bridge too far to say is this forward moving, I'm right, I'm going after all these things. How can you think that all these other numbers on the Enneagram are never going to feel bullied by right. you? I mean, come on. Right, right, right. It's just, it's just, I can't swallow it. Right. It's just how it is. It's I just mean, how it's just it is. I, I mean, they don't quote mean it, but no. none of us mean to be the ridiculous people that we are. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think it's better to own the bullishness and see it for what it is. Yeah, even if you're, even if you're unaware. I, I mean, and I even if you're defending it, as right. he get, went went said in the in the end, like if you're defending your lustiness, like maybe saying I'm not a bully is another way of defending your lustiness. That's if you go back to the kind of lustiness or the intensity or the moreness. Um, I don't think there's a way that you can't, like, edge out folks or um, hurt. Yeah. If that's, if, if you have decided more, 
your way of coping with your obscuration, not, you know, not going inward, is this intensity. And it's outward and active. People are out there. Yeah. Right? So I think that's the piece um, where we talk about the work of just that they have to stop and um, take a breath and get in touch with their feelings. Because if it's always the outward intensity and oh now I want to always say the spice the spice <laughs> I like this word the spice that that there is just gonna there's gonna be some casualties in that mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so the sadistic phenomenon of enjoying the frustration or humiliation of others may be regarded as a transformation of having to live with one's own uh with one's own so mm-hmm. The sadistic phenomena of enjoying the frustration or humiliation of others may be regarded as transformation of having to live with one's own humiliation and frustration. Mm-hmm. Just as the excitement of, I love this, this just great. as the excitement of anxiety, strong tastes, and tough experiences represents a transformation of pain in the process of hardening oneself against life. I mean, that is beautifully written. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love that anxiety. I mean, I don't love. I think it's so interesting that, that, they, that an eight finds excitement in anxiety. Yeah. It, whereas like a six is really burdened by it. Yeah. An eight kind of likes it. Well, I mean, I guess well, a just six as a reminder feels, that it feels like of a companion to six. Of but, anything. Yeah. Even if it is angst. Even if it's a negative. Even if it's right. I mean, I don't think I, I was not, that is not a way I would use, I've described an eight. If I was trying to describe lust before, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone down that All the negative path. things mm-hmm. that, yeah. That, um, now maybe tough experiences mm-hmm. um, and the pain of the process. I, you know, I could get, get there. I can, I get that. They love that. And I don't know if you were, so I wrote this down from when we had number night. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Bernadette who said this. Um, there is so much effort in maintaining the power and fortitude um, that noticing and relishing the suffering of others is like off-gassing. It soothes and defends. Mm. I think she said that. I, yeah, sounds like I, I didn't say that. Knowing yeah. that she would... Um, the effort in maintaining the power and fortitude. Yeah. That, that's strong, yeah. strong words. Yeah. Good. Thanks, Bernadette. Um, next, tra- next trait structure is rebelliousness. Rebelliousness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of eight, seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so re- re- rebellion stands out, stands out as a trait on its own, more prominent in type eight than any other character. Mm-hmm. Even though type seven is also considered rebellious or unconventional, the emphasis of this rebellion is intellectual. Yes. Which is, that's interesting. Um, the seven is a person with advanced ideas. Perhaps a revolutionary outlook. <laughs> While type eight is the prototype of the revolutionary activist. Doer. So, yes. So, it's taking, so the seven is taking rebelliousness and putting it into ideas 
And the eight is taking rebelliousness and putting it into action. And in some ways, I have not thought of this out loud, but in some ways the seven moves away from the action or can move back. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though they're, you know, an aggressive type and moving forward or always planning the next thing, they are not going to, um, their rebelliousness, especially when you read, um, oh, where did he, the, um, like struggle through the pain, yeah, you know, trans, like the intensity and the rebelliousness, like that feels like rebellion to, mm-hmm. I think probably to an eight. And that's not where seven would go, no, right? But, no. but it's a lot of theirs is in their head, not in the physicality of aliveness in the way that the eight outwardly lives. I mean, it mm-hmm. might look that way. Yeah. But um, there's, I mean, a there, lot of it is transformational up here for a, for for a, a seven. seven. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm pointing to my head. So in their head. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, sevens are so, like, as you're saying, they, they are so active and they are, and they are so expansive. So it feels to me like, I mean, when I think of the sevens in my life, they feel like there's so much action in their rebelliousness, but, um, I guess that I think that the, um, here's where I think the seven, I think the seven develops the ideas in the structure of that action in their head first, and then they kind of mm-hmm. share it with you. Whereas I think a eight just almost immediately yeah. hits the road. And I do think, I wonder if kind of this idea of intensity that the two of them share, that the intensity that a seven is after... Um, even though we kind of feel it sometimes, I wonder if in a lot of ways they kind of dance around it because they don't want to quite get there because it won't be what they thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. But an eight mm. is like, that is it. Like that's their rebellion. Their rebellion mm. is I get to be intense. Damn it. I, mm-hmm. this is what it means to be alive. I don't care if it's anxiety, you know, all of these descriptors that he mm-hmm. uses, if it's painful, that's what's transformational. I'm going to be in it. Where the eight imagines it, maybe comes close, and there there is some intensity, but they they might not go to the same places that a eight does. If that makes any sense, I don't know if that the wait, but the, the seven kind of nears and imagines how great the intensity would be. Yeah, but because they're in their head and always dreaming of what's next they might not ever fully live into it in the same way that an eight does. Well said. Does well said. Yes, sense? yes, yes, totally. So it's a, it's a, diff, it's, it's a different... It feels da- different. It's softer. more of... I feel like sevens is more of a dance, mm-hmm. and an eight is like an arrow. It's like, I'm going like, to... I'm going to do... Like, burn this down. Like, st- shot yeah. straight out of it. Yeah. And I'm going to do it if it's painful, if it makes me anxious. I'm just going to turn up the volume yes. on it. Because yeah. that's what I'm after. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> um, okay, let's see. Where what, where were we? Um, the blunt invalidation of authority. Um, uh, let's see. Generalized rebellion against authority can usually be traced back to a rebellion in the face of the father, who is the carrier of authority in the family. 
Vindictive characters frequently learn not to expect anything good from their fathers and implicitly come to regard parental power as illegitimate. That's intense. <laughs> Everything in this chapter is intense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, no. That's that's interesting. Well, I can't swim there. I don't know about it'd that. It'd be interesting to ask eights in our life mm-hmm. if they have, if they feel this kind of um, the illegitimacy of parental power. Mm-hmm. Um, or how that's healed for folks who have done their work mm-hmm. over time. I wonder how they've made peace with that if they've done work mm-hmm. and how that's been helpful. Um, dominance is the next trait structure, and I think that's like super obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, yes, it's obvious and kind of goes along with hostility and. Um, yet dominance also serves the function of protecting the, mm-hmm. the eight from a position of vulnerability and dependency. Yep. Related I think to that's dominance, really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, related to dominance are such traits as arrogance, power seeking, need for triumph, putting others down, competitiveness, acting superior, and so on. Um, disdain and scorn. Um, dominance and hostility stand in service of vindictiveness as if the individual has had early in life decided that it does not pay to be weak, accommodating, or seductive and has oriented himself towards power in an attempt to take justice into his own hands. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep, I keep, I keep feeling this like disdain, scorn, um, uh, familiarity as a four yeah I and felt I, like I was reading about fours a lot. I know I know and it's so like it's so um it's such an interesting contrast because the disdain and scorn of an eight is again very active and very on display it's very out there and fours are just like kind of stewing in it and just in, it's more inward and when it comes out like when we let it out it's these vindictive vendettas that he talks about yeah, yeah. That are and the, the judgment and like I was saying in number night the other night, um, we're always trying to unspecial everybody so that we get to be special, which yeah. is so disgusting. And so, but that's a very specific way of being vindictive. Um, that you're 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 unspecializing people so that you're special, and that is very vindictive. It's also related to envy. And then eights, it's more. It's just more. I mean, how would you describe it? It's just dominating Dominating. uh running from vulnerability running from this from inwardness uh trying to cover over this uh this feeling they had uh, of powerlessness as a child well and also in some way this might be a stretch but like when you think about fours and eights like both of you don't believe that you will be accepted for who you are right (laughs) Like eights don't, don't. Do you feel like any of us do? No, no. <laughs> but I just feel like the, which of course is, I guess we could do this with every number, which mm-hmm. always happens. <laughs> but their way of dealing with that is like not going inward and just finding their aliveness and intensity, mm-hmm. right? Like he's saying in yours um, and, and, and not being vulnerable 
And you're not, you're ultimately not being vulnerable. Yeah, which is so weird. It's weird. But it's just like the vulnerability piece um, for both of you is happening or not being vulnerable. Mm. And you're both dealing with it in pretty aggressive (laughs) ways. But yours is just internal (laughs) where theirs is this outward kind of. Because you, you're dominating, in some ways, the stories mm. that are around you and your so own, good. right? That's so good. Um, and it feels really yeah. vulnerable and mushy, but it's not. I mean, the reason you're right. doing that is not to be vulnerable. The reason an aide is doing that is not to be vulnerable. Right. And, that, and, and I think it's much easier for us to sit here and say... Uh, like he's saying it so it's so clear their passion is so clear and so it's easy to say oh you know they're they're dominating and and running from their vulnerability it's i think it's kind of harder to say that through um all these emotions i am running from my own vulnerability and it's like a real setup to you feel real in touch. I feel real in touch because I'm so busy with all of this, like unspecializing others so that I feel special. And somewhere in that little train, it feels like very textured and very feeling oriented, but I never am I going beyond the word special, which I actually hate, but it's just true Mm -hmm. to, to know where I actually am under all that you know it's just a it's just a like a little rat you know uh scratching his hind legs all the time I don't know if that makes any sense but anyway yeah (laughs) um okay sorry for the detour no that's a good detour um insensitivity mm-hmm. is the next trait structure i think mm-hmm. that's much more that's also very clear dominance is clear insensitivity is clear mm-hmm. um descriptors conf- con- confrontativeness mm-hmm. intimidation ruthlessness callousness um related to this unsentimental mm-hmm. yep. realistic direct brusque blunt quality there is a corresponding disdain for the opposite qualities of weakness, sensitivity, and particularly fear. There you go. That okay. has a big star in mine. Very, very good. Um, Risk-taking feeds lust. Yeah. Um, through which, yeah, risk-taking through which the individual denies their own fears and indulges the feelings of power generated by their internal conquest. They have to learn to... The Enneagram type 8 individual has learned to thrive on anxiety. I just... That's always so... That's a big learn for me. Yeah, Thrive on anxiety as a source of excitement. And when you think about it, it does make sense. You know, Mm -hmm. what they're... There's so much going on. How would you not be anxious if you're taking on that much and taking mm-hmm. risking that much? But they, it becomes similar to probably what our six friends would tell us that it's a, maybe it's a companion. That mm-hmm. anxiety means they're alive. You know, maybe that's a, they kind of interpret it that way. And rather than suffering, um, they learn to wallow in its sheer intensity. I love that. Yeah. They've learned to wallow in the sheer intensity of anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's a source of excitement. 
This is one of my favorite sentences. Yeah. Just as his palate has learned to interpret the painful sensations of a hot spice as pleasure, anxiety, and or the process of hardening oneself against it has become more than a pleasure, a psychological addiction, something without which life seems tasteless and boring. Mm-hmm. Um that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. You know, I've you never I would have never thought of it that way. I feel like I need to read it again. Yeah. Do it just again. just as his palate has learned to interpret the painful sensations of a hot spice as pleasure. Mm. Anxiety and or the process of hardening oneself against it has become more than a pleasure. So anxiety has become more than a pleasure. And, it's actually become a psychological addiction. Anxiety as a psychological addiction. Something without which life seems tasteless and boring. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's something, I, I mean, this is all new to me, that eights need to really observe their addiction to anxiety. And I, I would say similar to like we would say that probably before that anger kind of is their engine Mm -hmm. but when you think about the risk taking and the moreness and the intensity Mm -hmm. like you are constantly putting yourself in spaces and taking risks that you have either if like dulled yourself to that anxiety he says or you're either kind of um hardened yourself against it mm-hmm. but you know it's there and you're kind of addicted to being like screw like, it tough yeah tough. or the pre- very presence of it tells you in your way of dealing with reality that you're alive. you're alive yeah. yeah yeah and you don't even realize that it's your fuel it's mm-hmm. like me that you know i don't realize that being irritated and angry is what's giving me the juice until mm-hmm. i'm like oh this is not helpful mm-hmm. um, because it's so familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Thrive on anxiety. Mm-hmm. Conning and cynicism is the next trait structure. I wrote never discussed. <laughs> you, you wrote. Wow. You wrote what? Never discussed. Really? Like, this, I mean, in just general um, like, introductions of eights. Yeah, that we've uh, talked about them yeah. as cynics or cons. No. So distrust in the motive of others. And I think that's super important. Um, another big difference from a seven. Like sevens kind of, I think generally trust in the motives of others. Uh, so blatantly deceptive. Um, So in regard to conning and cunning, it should be said that a type 8 is more blatantly deceptive than type 7 and is easily seen as a cheat, the typical used car salesman who knows how to bargain assertively. Fascinating. Wow. We need to discuss that with with eight friends because... So what I can think, when I think of cynicism... If you are moving away from feelings mm-hmm. and vulnerability and you have a disdain for fear or weakness, that is an obvious connection to me. It's not, the word cynic is not surprising to me. Right. Conning is surprising to me. Is surprising. Uh huh. I agree. Um, but I wonder if we were to unpack it 
in light of that, um, in that they're their aliveness what they're after is outside of them and so to get what they need to feel alive they they might have that kind of used car car salesman approach right yeah so i think i think if we sat here and talked long enough we could understand how the characteristic of being a con because if you if you are looking for intensity, like if you think about movie characters, for instance, mm -hmm. that are maybe over the top, like they have to kind of make up stories to, to bring... be okay with that intense, like to find that intensity or to make that intensity right. And so if you are not in touch with your own feelings, not super interested in others, again, this could be like a similar part of the, um, what was so, of similar to like the punitiveness, like mm -hmm. not aware probably at, about this at all. Cynic, I could see, mm -hmm. but the con piece, I think would just maybe could sometimes be a natural byproduct of de like desensitization, mm -hmm. maybe, mm -hmm. um, that you're just going after the just that forward motion and desensitization uh -huh. kind of creates that dynamic. Yeah. 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 That you're, there's a certain detachment with what, well, there's a detachment from the fullness of life, mm -hmm. you know? So if you're looking for the intensity all the time, I've never felt conned by Nate. I don't think. I don't think I have either. Um, I really don't think I have. But, and maybe they con themselves. Maybe part of it is, I don't know. Yeah, I don't It'll be know, interesting no. to unpack. I also think, you know how they're so afraid of being betrayed? I think, mm -hmm. like, I think in all the types, it's like what they're putting out there is what you get. So if you're going through the world with distrust in the motives of others, then you're going to be betrayed yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that they end up kind of being the betrayer in some ways yeah i mean you're just it's a setup for betrayal yeah. it's like you're contributing to the betrayal which then justifies all your 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 side your lust sideways bargaining bargain assertively mm -hmm. yeah um exhibitionism which i think is hey. super interesting um type eight people are entertaining witty often charming, mm -hmm. yet not vain in the sense of being concerned with how they appear. So that's a big difference from, from three. Fours, or threes. Yeah. Fours too, do you think? Um, uh, sure, because mm -hmm. I think being part of the heart triad, I'm interested, I'm always comparing and wondering People how, are, um, how yeah. things appear. And I think threes are definitely, but I think, I guess what I'm saying is if somebody thought they were aggressive number. Uh, yeah. And they were really feeling that aggressive three number eight, piece, and it was three or eight. Yeah. Then I think um, that forward intensity without really caring what other people think is an eight thing, whereas obviously the three cares. Um, um, let's see. What else? Um, Anything geared, else under geared that? Geared towards gaining influence. An elevation in the power and dominance hierarchy. Um, so again, I think like exhibitionism and narcissism 
you know, these traits, which of course are under that trait structure of lust. Like when I was reading this chapter, I was like, holy crap, this yeah. is so intense. But when you think about if you are after that in an outward way, some of these are just kind of natural byproducts. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of um, um, if you're not watching it and you're after it, then that's um, that makes sense to me. Autonomy. Autonomy. Um, uh, so you want to read that? I mean, or? really the main thing I see here, which does not make, I mean, obvious autonomy would be a trait. But really the idealization of autonomy mm-hmm. and a rejection of any kind of dependency. Um, my guess would be oftentimes they probably don't feel like they could have their aliveness Without if they're autonomy. not autonom- autonomous. And I think to not be autonomous probably is seen as weak yeah. by them. Yeah. Um, um, anything other than self-reliance and one who approaches others as potential competitors <laughs> or targets of exploitation. Yeah. Um, couldn't expect anything other. The sensory motor dominance, I don't really... I have trouble like wrapping my head around what he means by that. Pretty. Um, let's see what I underlined. So beyond the concepts of lust and hedonism, rebellion, punitiveness, dominance, and power seeking, toughness, risk taking, narcissism, and astuteness is in Enneotype Eight the predominance of action over intellect and feeling for this is the most sensory motor of characters so i think that's the doing piece like they're the most active they are the active like that they have the most energy the most expansive they're the most expansive um a lusty clutching at the present and an excited impatience toward memory abstract impatient towards memory abstractions anticipation as well as a desensitization desensitization to the subtlety of ecstatic and spiritual experience. That's so interesting that's to me. Because I, I think I know a lot of eights are really into yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, all that kind of stuff. But like, I wonder how wow, they got there. I think that's so like an impatience towards abstractions. Yes, I feel that from eights. Yeah. An impatience towards subtlety. Yes. But mm-hmm. but to say desensitized to the subtlety of aesthetics and spirituality is, mm, mm-hmm. that's probably. Well, think I mean, about maybe, what you need to do, what needs to happen for you to have those experiences. Mm-hmm. You have to slow down generally. You have yeah. to be quiet. You yeah. have to, I mean, not have to, but if you are addicted to anxiety and Dominance. Dominance. It's kind of hard to. I would think sit it's around hard to for sit the around for the subtlety. Yeah, because what's what's going to happen there? Um, yeah, concentration on the present is not simply a manif- manifestation of mental health, as it could be in other character dispositions, but the consequence of not deeming anything real that is not tangible. And immediate stimulus to the senses. So they're real, they're doers, and they'd rather do than talk about stuff. Yeah, and they'd rather have um, very concrete language and issues and bodily experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And so that the the very end of the chapter is the always existential di- psychodynamics of the of the character. Um, I love on page one thirty seven the first sentence, which yeah. I think could be like this could just be the sentence. Right. Um, the overdevelopment of action in the service of struggling in a dangerous world that cannot be trusted is perhaps the fundamental way in which type eight character fails to constitute full humanness. Mm-hmm. The yeah. impoverishment of tender qualities and subtlety, which results in a loss of wholeness and thus in a loss of being. Mm. The, excessive, the excessively concrete notion of his goal as pleasure wealth, triumph, and so forth, only to find that this reaching substituted for being, so reaching as a substitute for being, leaves him forever dissatisfied, craving Craving intensity. Yeah. So good. There's the the hamster wheel they're on, like all of us. Um, So wild how we think what we're after is going to get us what we want. Mm-hmm. And it never does, but we really think it will. <laughs> we really, I mean, mm-hmm. it just. He take oh. he takes for granted that he will only get what he takes. That's I think that's important. Mm-hmm. As a taker, he taker, could not, not a receiver. He could not succeed if he were to be concerned with the fancy of other people's feelings. <laughs> he could not be concerned with the fancy of other people's feelings. Um, yeah. The world without others of the more antisocial type 8, however, is no more full of true aliveness than that of the schizoid 5. Mm. So just as the, the 5 this misses the experience of value and being through the loss of relationship, so does the 8, in spite of seeming to be contactful, involved, and brimming with intense emotion. So, it's all a substitution for yeah. all of us. Yeah, yeah, so just... so they're both they're both they both have this vacuum, the five and the eight. Um and it seems I guess a little more you know, I think you see it in a five. You it's see how to put your finger on it in an eight because yeah, they are 'cause they're brimming. Doing kind of what we value. <laughs> mhm. Being strong and hiding behind contactfulness and brimmingness. I think that's so mm-hmm. Um, the concreteness of a wish that is excessively sensate here an interest in sexual pleasure not coupled with an interest in relationship is an image through which we may reflect on how the concretization of the healthy drive for relationship um, far from orienting itself to the reality of the situation it goes on and on but um, yeah Hidden as it may be behind the enthusiastic expansiveness, jollity, and seductive charm of the lusty eight, it is the loss of relationship, the suppression of tenderness, and the denial of the love need that result in the loss of wholeness and sense of being. Type eight pursues being, then in pleasure and in the power to find his pleasure, yet through an insistence on overpowering, becomes incapable of receiving. When being can only be known in a receptive attitude. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like, boy, if eights, if you could kind of sum it up, say, 
power over receiving. Yeah, and also, like, if you're going to have a mantra for the day, just say, where can I be receptive? Where can I be receptive? Where can Mm -hmm. I be receptive? Mm -hmm. Where can I be open to open and receiving? Um, But I think, like, I know know we don't kind of like the way he talks about whatever he talks about. We won't even, we don't even want to say the word. No. Okay, we won't say the word. But um, I do think it's, I think it's interesting that he talks about sexual pleasure not coupled with interest in relationships. Yeah. So there's the dot. So you, you have to think of an aid in relationship and the desire for intensity and that that sexual domination and that drive for intensity has a lack of tenderness and feeling there, a lack mm-hmm. of that real. And so that is really important to, to talk well, and about in relationships. in all of their mm-hmm. pursuits. Yes. So not even just sexual, like they're out of con, they're out of connection, um, or can be out of relationship because my guess would be oftentimes those relationships make them feel weak, mm-hmm. um, or vulnerable. Right. Yeah. And I guess, you know, and yeah, I think we're all, you know, we're all, um, we all have these little structures of looking vulnerable or looking not vulnerable. Right. And both, all of all of them, whether it's about looking vulnerable or looking strong, are really these, that they're, it's still armor that's mm-hmm. floating above the, yeah. that vulnerable. And, um, and really, I think all of our Enneagram types are to protect that or his word obscuration yes. you know like it's to that we don't trust mm-hmm. that whatever is beneath either looking vulnerable not being vulnerable at all you know however we've set up our worlds that it's um that it can't be <laughs> it can't be any other way yeah or we don't trust that it could be another way yeah yeah and so we're missing ourselves yeah 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 anyway who eights you're intense but made I'm, me sweat. <laughs> so did it make you sweat? Chapter. It yeah, good. I feel like as good. a four, I just yeah, I, I, kept I have about a real you. relationship with them, and but I also like I've learned a lot um, mm-hmm. about my own, like my own uh, avoiding of vulnerability here. Yes. So like I can't be too smug about no. that innate when I'm uh, I'm doing it in a more. Well, when I was reading, there was, I had to go back and reread several times because I thought, did I miss where he's comparing? Mm -hmm. Like he did compare the four and the eight in certain sections, but there were other times where I still had to go back and be like, wait a minute, is he, who's he, is he talking about fours too? Mm -hmm. Um, So there is, I feel like there is a lot of overlap, um, which is just always fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does some good compares in Mm -hmm. this. I mean, he can, he does a, in this chapter. three, one, seven, five, four, and mm-hmm. nine. And nine. Um, he he kind of got into all. our indolence on everybody. Mm-hmm. Indolence. Yeah. Such Sharing good, our indolence. Such a good word. Okay. Okay, thanks, right. everybody. Bye. One more chapter. Nine will be the last one. Type nine. Reluctantly okay. crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. 
Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The f-